Hello, my name is Ray Montgomery. I'd like to welcome you to the Outside Looking In podcast. And on today's show, I have Mrs. Jean Brown, author, activist, philanthropist, mother, wife. Just an overall inspiring individual. How are you doing today, Jean? I am doing well, Ray. How are you today? I am doing, I'm doing good. You know, I'm doing good, you know, despite everything in the world, I'm doing good today. And I really wanted to touch bases with you and learn more about um, Not Without Question, you know, your um, first book. And I really wanted people to learn learn more about it and uh, why that you decided to actually, uh, you know, write a book, Um, you know, but after all the things that you've been through. So, Jim, before we get started here, could you talk about just... uh, your book, Not Without Question, and what gave you the inspiration to actually want to tell your story? Okay, um, Not Without Question. Not um, without question. Actually, the, the reason um, that uh, it ever came up about me publishing anything was um, I was the owner of a salon and day spa, mm-hmm. and management decided to close down all of their property. So um, just did not have anything to do and was feeling a little bit lost at that time and um, was having breakfast with my husband and talking to my oldest daughter on the phone. Mm -hmm. And she suggested um, that I write a book. Um, she said, mom, you're, you're always doing something and Ron is always doing something that inspires other people. And I think you should tell your story. And um, after I'd finished crying in my cheese eggs, um, I decided I'll give it a try. Um, I don't know anything about writing a book, but Ron said, go ahead, Jane, I think it's a good idea. And um, you're a good writer, so go ahead and do it. You don't don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. That's one of my favorite quotes. And uh, you get started on that book is something special because, you know, when I met you and Ron, you definitely inspired me. But people that, you know, maybe watching, maybe listening, may not know um, I mean, you're totally blind. And how long? And how long have you been been blind, Miss Jean? Oh my goodness! Um, I lost my sight in 1977. Okay, and that was due to uh, the nice pigmentosa. Yeah. Yes. Can you talk about how that? You know, I know we're going to talk about the book, but that kind of all rose into one. But talk about how that experience kind of, you know, changed your direction of your life. Yeah, um, it really did because. Um, I'd started modeling at the age of 13 and um, had my oldest daughter, Lisa, um, when I was 18. And um, I, well, their father and I got married, had my oldest daughter. Then um, five years later, I had Latrice. but before she was born, I found out that I had RP. And so the doctors were telling me that, well, it, it doesn't look that bad. 
you know, you'll you'll probably have your sight until you're well into your 70s. And um, that didn't happen. Yeah, because a lot of people don't know. I know a lot of people with RP and um, it's one of those things that, you know, you can live with it for a while or, you know, it can be gone another year, but it takes away yeah. your, um, your peripheral vision. Yes, it does. It yeah. blindness, takes away the peripheral vision. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, mine was very painful in the beginning. And um, they said that I had one of the rarest forms of RP. So, um, you know, there was lots of, of testing being done and everything. And um, couldn't trace where it came from. <laughs> um, I happen to be the only one of my siblings that has this um, and no one else in our family has it that, that we knew of. So, um, so it, was, it was something to, to have to deal with that. Um, uh, I woke up one morning and um, the sight was gone. And, just overnight, uh, it was just happened to, you know, not say yeah. overnight, but you know, that you it woke took, up one night and it was over. Yeah, it it took about six months for it to get to that point where I could say that um, if you were standing in front of me, I wouldn't know it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, I could still see some light, but that was it. So. Yeah, RP is different for just about everybody I've talked to, but it is definitely um, one of those eye diseases that you don't know um, when it's gonna go or you know um, uh, about how long you have before it goes. You just don't know. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, I modeled uh, until I was 23 and um, at that time um, I became an exclusive for Ann Getty's agency and, uh, and then found out that I wasn't gonna be able to model anymore because um, at that particular time being blind and in that field, it just wasn't a match because right. none of the agencies wanted to hire you. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of what happened uh, as far as me losing my sight. Um, I, I think the most important things that I missed um, at, that, at that time was watching my children grow up. Um, and I never got a chance to see my youngest daughter and that was definitely um, something that that bothered me, but uh, but you know they were just so eager to learn and so eager to help <laughs> until it just it was so cute. Um, they were just always, "Mom, let me help you write the bills." Uh, my oldest daughter was saying. Latrice was always wanting to, mom, can I at least put the stamps on? <laughs> so, so it was, you know, it, it was a learning experience for them. But one thing for sure, they grew up 
knowing that if, if there was any way that I could do it as a blind parent or just as a blind person, period, I was going to definitely try. And Good. so, um, and, and that I think in, encouraged them a whole lot because they say, they would say, well, my mom comes up here to the school and, you know, and she participates and, you know, she's doing this and, and um, sitting in the classroom with us. And so they enjoyed it, you know. Talk about though, I know um, when you first had your, your child or your second, your second daughter, talk about maybe um, the discrimination that people had against you just because you were a blind parent and you know the fact that they thought that you may not be able to be successful as a parent uh without vision talk about some of that that happens and unfortunately it does happen um yes, it does. here in indiana it does. and across the country yes it does um one of the things that happened is um i had uh someone tell me well one of the nurses actually tell me that she was going to send someone out to my house um, to make sure that uh, that Latrice got the proper care that she needed as an infant. And, and, and I said, no. And she said, well, we, we only want to help you. And I told her no again, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so she came back. And she decided that she would try to rephrase it, you know. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, um, I really, you know, really want to help you. And we can send someone to your house. And, you know, they'll come out and, and help you with the baby. And that way you can rest. And, and you know, we just want to make sure that everything is okay. So that was when I felt it was time for me to let them know. I took my first child home and I took care of her on my own. Um, from what the doctor said, I've had RP ever since I was a teenager. And, um, and I just didn't know. Yeah. So I told them, you know, I'm, I'm taking my baby home and I do not need any of you to come to my house to check on my child. You know, I can do her on my own. And, um, and you know, they, I guess, talked about it and decided, okay, you know, we'll, we'll see if she's going to need our help, which I didn't, you know. Yeah. Um, but they were, they were willing to send someone out, and they would have had I just even sound a little bit like, this is too much for me. I can't handle this. Um, but I wanted to let them know, oh, no, I've got this. Yeah, yeah they, you know how that is. They get into, once they get in, you know, mm -hmm. your business and they get in, yeah. once you put the, put you in the system, it's hard to get out of that system. And, That's right. And I was yeah. not going in anybody's system. <laughs> yeah, this. we don't want that. But thankfully, mm -hmm. uh, just recently in 2021, we got the Parents with Disabilities Act. Uh, passed yes. that legislation passed in Indiana, and that was great to work on. So we could yes. stop some of this discrimination that occurs not just with blind individuals, but other people with other uh, types of disability disabilities. That's right. So you went on to be successful as a parent. I, I've seen it. Talk about some of the things. I know we had talked about this before, but talk about some of the things like um, 
you know, you had talked about like labeling, like, you know, your items around your home. So, you know, the children would know what they are as they're, you know, going across the, the house. So you put like a big old car that says bed or you did some creative stuff. I had to take some notes from that. So it was, it was, um, you know, I, I wanted to be a part of, of my children's learning experience. Yeah. And, um, and and, you know, the, the whole blindness thing was new to me as well. Right. So even though my oldest daughter was five, at the time, she was still very young. Yeah. And, uh, and so um, when, when Latrice was born and, you know, when, when she got to be old enough to, you know, that I wanted to start teaching her, then I started writing things out and, and at you know, I, I make sure um, I don't know other people might not be able to read everything that I write, but one thing's for sure, both my daughters can. <laughs> <laughs> but I would print out in big letters for them, um, like bed, and and I would take a piece of tape and and put it at the at the foot of their bed. Mm -hmm. um, they had a canopy bed, so I would just put it at the foot of the bed. And and then in their bedroom, I had a big piece of, uh, of paper that I put across the window and it had window written on it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, there were there were lots of things there, were, you know, the the dining room furniture, there was the, the leather chair. So I taped chair. <laughs> And for their for a placemat for the youngest, I wrote table on it, uh -huh. and so she knew. You know, it was like, oh, okay, what's this word, mom? You know, and she would come in the room, and all of a sudden there'd be another word for her to learn, <laughs> and she loved it. You know, yeah. and and to her it was a game, and I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed her learning and, and me being a part of that learning uh, for her. So Everywhere they went around the house, they were learning. <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. Walk through a door <laughs> or anything. I had it, I had it right there. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was always fun to teach them things like setting, um, teaching them how to set the dining room table and where each each fork or each spoon goes and all of that, you know, and um, and they would do it and and you know I would go and check and hmm, you did excellent, you know. Yeah. They just got so much pleasure out of knowing that they did it just the way it should be done. So. Now, you know, you know, Miss Jean, I got three. I know when, when they're younger, you're right. They they definitely love to help. So hopefully that continues as they get older. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> As they go all, you know, you know, but yes. that's great. That's great. So um, talk about this. I mean, you got that diagnosis and you got two children at home to take care of. Talk about, you know, the training that you had to uh, undergo to really actually, you know, get that confidence and learn how to use this white cane that we use and, you know, just become more independent and self-sufficient. Um, when... Latrice was four, um, her dad and I um, got a divorce. And um, 
that was when my training began, was when the divorce happened. Um, simply because he did not want me to use a cane. Um, for him, it was just easier for me to take his arm and go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I think that for um, for those women out there who think this is the way to do it, you know, just let him be the guy. No, no, it doesn't help you, um, and it. It, it's just not the right way to go <laughs> because no, no. you are dependent on him for yeah. every single move that you make. Yeah, and, no, yeah. and I don't know to cut you off, but I know that that when somebody tells me that I have that happen back in the day, you know, when I first started, get back out here, don't mm -hmm. use it, put it up and stuff. Yes. Twofold yes. to that. I mean, it could mm -hmm. be that you're embarrassed. Uh, yeah. You could be, you know, trying to help, but at the same time, it doesn't help me because if I trip, I know I was in the wrong because I wasn't using this cane. Uh, mm -hmm. I wasn't using it properly at the end of the day. So, but yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So it's really, um, you know, it's, it's really beneficial for the blind person to use whatever they can to make themselves more sufficient. Um, you know, it, it, you don't want to have to depend on someone else the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And that's what will eventually happen because that's what you do is you just learn to be helpless. And mm -hmm. you don't, you don't want, you don't want that label. So, um, I started going to Trade Winds Rehabilitation Center up in Gary and um, had a O&M instructor um, who was uh, taking me out, um, showing me around and, and that was okay, but I was kind of stubborn. Yeah. And so there were a lot of things I didn't want to do. And I didn't feel that I had to do them. Right. Um, I didn't want to walk out in the rain, you know, like right. I thought that was going to shine bright every day. Um, <laughs> uh, I found out that, uh, yeah, there are going to be days you're going to be in the rain and the snow, everything else that comes up. Um, but, you know, I just, I knew that being, a, you know, that, that once I did that, that once I had to go and walk in the rain and walk in the snow, that that meant, okay, you really are blind. Yeah. I knew that once I sat down and really learned the braille, you really can't breathe, you know? And so it was just too many things that I didn't want to do because I didn't want to admit that I was as blind as I was. Yeah. So when you were doing trade, when you were going to uh, trade wins down in up in up in Gary, GI, was that in the one out there in the Bronx area? Was it on Seventh? Uh, yeah. I know I went to trade wins too. That's why I was saying I did some initial my initial training down there at trade wins. You're right. When you get that cane in your hand, it's like you gotta yeah. accept it. And at this point, it's like 
And that's yeah. acceptance. That's one thing. That's one of the four, um, I don't know, barriers right there that, that people go through, you know, that we all face, you know, so anger, yeah. it's denial, yeah. it's acceptance, yeah. it's, it's all that. Role yeah. that one. And, Hold on. And yeah, that's that's definitely one of the things accepting um, your new quote unquote new normal. So, ooh, so yeah. you went ahead and uh, did the training and all all of that, and you're a new mother. So, were you working or were you trying to find gainful employment at that time? How how was your life like after the divorce? Uh, no, I wasn't working at that time, um, and didn't actually um, uh, find work until. Um, well, after the initial training was over, mm -hmm. but uh, I went to work um, actually as just volunteering, um, teaching crafts. Mm -hmm. And that's when, uh, that's where I met Ron when I was at Tradewinds. And, and Ron actually was able to get through to me a whole lot better <laughs> than, <laughs> than some of the instructors that I had, mm -hmm. because he kind of, you know, uh, talked to me about the Braille and, uh, and would just sit there and, and, you know, break down the six dots in the sale and where they were and what each one stood for and, and what it stood for if it stood alone. And so, there were all those um, days at my house when he would sit there and just go over those with me mm -hmm. and, uh, and just going through trade wins even and, and just showing me the building, the layout of the building and how do you know that this is where, how do you know where you are? And um, if you go through this door, where do you end up? And how do you know which doorway this is? And so it was, it was that kind of learning that I actually needed, yeah. um, that kind of teaching. Yeah. And, and once I learned it, um, I, I do pretty well when I'm, when I'm by myself, I'll never be as good as Ron is in traveling, but, um, but I can find my way. Oh yeah. You're going <laughs> to make a way out of nowhere. I'm going to tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so cool. You talked about uh, Mr. Ron Brown, and let's let's talk about the NFB and the National Federation of the Blind, and how that organization has ha um, helped you, uh, you know, build confidence, uh, friendships, and you know, help the, help everyone in the blind community. I, I believe, you know, uh, with their advocacy efforts um, and helping oh, yeah. up with legislation and things like that. How long have you been doing uh, or participating in the NFB? Oh goodness, I've been in For, the. Uh, <laughs> And NFB since um, since eighty three, mm -hmm. um, and um, got in because Ron and Paul Howard wanted to start um, wanted to start a chapter in Gary, and uh, at the time there wasn't one there, um, and they said, well, you know, you 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 ought to you know do something to help other blind people. And I thought, well, that's a good idea, but um, I just don't have a need to be a card carrying member of an organization. 
-hmm. So um, Paul talked me into it um, when I, I told him that I'd done some fundraising, um, basically political stuff, but, um, but that I was willing to give it a try. And so I have been doing fundraising ever since, uh, ever since I started in the Federation and, um, and doing some advocacy work ever since I've been in the organization because that's what you do. Um, yeah. <laughs> if there's um, a blind person that, that, needs, um, that needs housing or fighting for a job or a child that is, um, that's in school and having difficulties uh, with how their teacher is teaching them, um, then um, it's incumbent upon us to, to go ahead and do something to assist. Yeah. And so, um, and so we, you know, we go ahead and 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 we we meet with the teachers and um, and try and get them to understand that if that child is not learning the way you're teaching, then you need to change the way you're teaching. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and and the just the fact that so many children have. Um, other disabilities other than blindness and that they need to be made aware of what those are and how to work with that child. So um, there are just many things. There are people who have lost their jobs sim simply because they lost their sight. Yeah. They've done this job for 15, 20 years and all of a sudden you're taking away their livelihood. Um, simply because they lost their sight is yeah. though they could not be retrained. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so we, we work with those people and help them to, you know, help their employers to understand that um, all they need is some, um, some accessible equipment and they can do this job. Yeah. So, yeah, so there are just, there are many things that we advocate for. Um, uh, some of it is the technology that we use and, and um, the technology is not always um, accessible for us. Um, just like uh, cell phones used to, used to be basically easy for people to use um, because all they had were the numbers on them. And then when they, when the iPhones and all those other smartphones came out, um, it became more difficult for us to use. And, uh, and, and then iPhones said, oh no, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna make this available for anybody to use, you know, accessible for anyone. And so they did that by um, having it come right out of the box um, accessible. And all we had to say, um, turn voiceover on. And uh, we were able to do that and use our phone like anyone else. Yeah. So, you know, uh, 
I, I want to touch on something. I know we had talked about you talked about modeling, and you know, right now the the way the world is right now with everyone with their diversity, equity, inclusion efforts right now, mm-hmm. it, you, you could have still been a model. And I hate to say that, you know, <laughs> the world is more accepting now, but back then, you know, things were different. People didn't know um, about the capability. They didn't know about adaptive technology. Uh, right. You know, in different organizations, but right now. You know, there are more exceptions of people with very disabilities, you know, being on uh, quote the front screen, you know, so yes. you know, we are blind, individuals who are blind are models. I mean, they are actors, they are parents, yes. they are authors, um, you know, <laughs> yes. radio hosts. They do an array of things. You know, I didn't know when I lost my sight, but let's go into this author. So now you are author now and now your yeah. book is out there. Uh, how does it feel to have that hard copy of the Not Without Question and seeing your uh, dream, you know, get fulfilled? Really, really good. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm always, uh, I'm just always amazed at at that myself. Um, that just, you know, I, I sat at the computer and typed that book out mm-hmm. and actually it was longer than than what it is <laughs> um it had to be shortened for for cost purposes yeah. but um but that book um i i wrote that book right simply because it's important that um our sighted peers and, and friends know that uh that we're capable of doing everything that they're capable of doing and that we have good times and bad times and you know we have ups and downs in our lives and that we are um, capable of doing so many things that they just don't recognize um it's it, the not without question came about because everyone asked us questions. Oh yeah. And I both are are totally blind. And you know, for us it was, you know, why are you moving to Indianapolis? You don't know anything about Indianapolis. You don't know people there. Why are you, you know, leaving your job? What about another job? And why are, you know, why are you even marrying this blind man? Right, um, right. Because, you know, what's he going to be able to do for you? And uh, you should marry someone sighted. Um, well, I'd already done that and that didn't last. So, um, you know, I, I just, I wanted, I wanted us to take a chance at being happy together. And, you know, all the questions and everything still did not stop us. And, um, you know, I I wrote at the the end of Not Without Question, after the oak tree, the three-ton oak tree had fallen on our house and had um, totally destroyed the back room and had damaged just about every room in the house. Um, I wrote that that three ton 
oak tree may have destroyed our house, but it made our love stronger. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, I honestly believe that if you take a chance on what you truly have faith in, that it will turn out for the best. That's true. So. That's true. And I'm glad you talked about just people always asking questions. That's why I really wanted to put the show together outside looking in because they're on the outside and they always wondering That's why, 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 how can you do this or how are you able to use this phone, like you said, without no buttons on it? And mm -hmm. how do you get back and forth to work? And how you know what clothes you got on? Came with me the other day. I'm like, man, why do I keep asking all these questions? <laughs> yeah. And it's you a hard question every day you walk out the house. <laughs> And you know what? Every for every question they ask, it, it's like, okay, you know, I I don't know why you feel the need to know this, but mm -hmm. there is an answer. And it's simply because this is what I want for my life. It's simply because this is what Ron wants for his life. This is what we want together. And we're going to keep on moving forward until we accomplish that. Yeah. And, and that's the whole thing is we lost our sight. We didn't lose our motivation. Yeah. You know, we've got, we still have goals and we still have dreams and hopes. And so our lives are, are built on that and not your questions. Yeah. But I found, don't you find that you have to answer some of these questions just to really educate and to uh, dismiss some of these stereotypes? Yes. Yes, you do have to. Even though we don't want to, we have to somewhat be cordial <laughs> at times. Because someone told me a long time ago when I first lost my sight that, you know, you might be the first uh, individual who is blind that they may meet. So the way you come off of the is going to kind of dictate how they, you know, treat the next individual they come across. That's that's correct. And yeah. and so you answer their questions and you, you try to give them as nice of an answer as you yeah. can but you try and be as accurate as you can. Um, yeah. because a lady come to me at the store. So she, she came to me at the store. I, I didn't have a dog before. I don't have a dog. I just carried my cane. But she had, she knew someone who was blind. You know, that's usually how I start off. <laughs> and they knew somebody who was blind. And then she kept coming. Then she came back, though. She had oh. some more questions, I guess. I don't know. I don't okay. know what she was trying to do in that situation. Maybe she was trying to holler. I don't know. <laughs> but... Okay. Uh, it was interesting. They always come back. But I, I'm always willing to uh, educate when I'm out in the, right. out in the public. Right. And there's so many things that, you know, people just don't know. It It may yeah. be everyday things to us, but it's it's things that they just don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, and and if it's been on their mind for a minute there, they're gonna, if, and if they see a blind person, they're going to ask. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know what? I've always wanted to know. You know, how do you, who puts your makeup on? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, I do. Uh, oh, well, who helps dress you? I mean, who, who matches up your clothes? Yeah. I do. Yeah. I have a color tester, um, and that's what I use. Oh, so nobody lives at home with you? Oh, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. My blind husband. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, and then they want to know, well, 
well, who cooks? Yeah. Who? Well, how do you know when this is done? You know, there's always questions. Oh, yeah. We're gonna, Time, texture, technology. <laughs> yes, we will forever get questions about yeah. everything from, from how we eat breakfast in the morning to what do we do to take care of business? Um, how do you treat uh, and And you've got to answer that. Because like you said, they, you may be the only blind person that they've come across. And they've got these questions in their mind and you need to answer them. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you got the book done. You said, um, where can they find the book right now? If someone wants to go ahead and get a hard copy, uh, you know, where can they find the book? Uh, not without question to learn more. Um, the book can be found on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be found in Target. Actually, I think with Target, you have to order the book and um, you pay for it and then come in and pick it up. Um, and um, and if, if someone would like to contact me, I can send them a book and as well as sign for them. So. Um, what do you like to do when you're not, you know, advocating writing and, uh, yeah. you know, doing all the things you like to do? I, I still, I love to, I love to travel and, uh, and Ron and I have done an awful lot of that over the years and it has just been, been wonderful. I, I was, I think we were talking a while back and uh, I think we came up with, I've, I've been to every, almost every state. I think there's maybe five missing um, that I have not gone to, but, uh, but I, I love it. I love traveling and meeting people. And, um, and one thing about being in the Federation is everywhere you go, there's someone that you know. <laughs> um, yes, because the Federation is in, is in all 50 states. And mm-hmm. so we get, to, uh, we get to, you know, talk to friends no matter where, no matter where we are. Um, we've gone to Alaska, we've gone to Hawaii, um, uh, you know, and, 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 and Kentucky, in whatever state we're in, we know someone. So, um, yeah, so I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, we have a good time. And, um, and President Riccobono keeps Ron and I busy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. definitely know a lot of, a lot of uh, Federation work to be done. There's a mm-hmm. lot to do. So, well, thank, yes. Jane, I want to thank you for coming on the Outside Looking In show. Once again, not without question. They can find that on Amazon and Kindle and get mm-hmm. themselves a copy of that, not without question. Okay. And they'll definitely be inspired. Uh, but once again, I want to thank you. If you guys want to learn more, please follow me on YouTube at Outside Looking In with Ray Montgomery. Definitely on Twitter, Instagram at RayEZL219 and Ray Montgomery on Facebook. And Gene, you want to give them any of your social media contacts while we got you here? Sure, they can. Um, they can reach me on on Facebook um, mm-hmm. at DJ Brown at att.net. Um, 
and they can also and anyone can reach me on my um, on my email that I check all the time. B zero zero seven D at att.net. And so um, look forward to hearing from you all and um, and hopefully I will see you at the Holiday Bazaar on November 21st okay. from 2.30 to 6.30 at 5060 East 62nd Street, Suite 100. And have a wonderful holiday. All right. Have a wonderful holiday. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>